0: in the glory
1: forever and ever. Amen. Welcome to the podcast, In and Through exists to equip the church to be hearers and doers of the word. My name is Tim. And my name is Marshall. Marshall, before we get started, I got to tell you something. You always ask me how I'm doing. I do. I got to say I'm good. Good. I got up this morning, Mm -hmm. decided I was going to make some breakfast. Okay. I was going to make some uh, scrambled eggs. Okay. It's always a good one. I I decided that I was going to cook them in butter. Okay. Because, and I opened up the fridge. And in the fridge, there was a cup, a little plastic cup. On the top of it, it said Papa John's. You know that garlic <laughs> butter dipping sauce? Yeah. It was about half full. Okay. Why we saved it, I don't know. <laughs> Divine providence, maybe? I think so. I dumped it into the skillet cooked the eggs in that it's a thing
0: okay i think i think we literally have some of that kicking around in our fridge because i also have a dutch wife why why wouldn't you doesn't throw sauces
1: out. scrambled eggs i'll make sure it's not moldy first this this podcast is not brought to you by papa john's dipping sauce (laughs) but it should be
0: we can work on that
1: (laughs) our first sponsorship better ingredients
0: Better podcast, oh, Pop
1: John's, I like it. Okay, we got stuff to do today. We do. We got a lot to get through. <laughs> we are going to do a good chunk of Acts. Yep. Not quite, maybe a third of Acts, a quarter of Acts. Yeah. I uh, all of James, mm-hmm. all of Galatians. Yeah, and this is just how the New Testament's going to go for yeah. us from ja- here on out.
0: In the reading plan, James is one day
1: right just like get it yeah probably the most theologically dense book of the bible
0: arguably yeah yeah i think so
1: and yeah. it's one day i know
0: <laughs> i spent when when covid kicked off i did a a video teaching series through james and i think it took me like 4 months <laughs> and you get to read it in one day folks <laughs> right
1: yeah i mean i was going i was going to point people to that series oh well uh, for their, for their deeper dive, if they're interested in going into oh, it. Oh, nice. Uh, but anyway, we pick up in Acts. Nine. and In Acts chapter nine. Mm-hmm. And we have an introduction to Saul. Yeah. Who is the persecutor of Christians. Oh, yeah. wait, wait, wait. We haven't even got to the forest. What oh, am yeah. I doing? I don't know. I'm talking trees, and we haven't even done forest.
0: <laughs> you got excited about your eggs. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Threw you off. I'm still excited What's about What's the them. forest, Tim?
1: Uh, the forest. The forest is going to be that the the Jews mm-hmm. and the Gentiles. We will see l- later mm-hmm. are starting to understand what it means to be the Church and live in the New Covenant. Yeah, and that is in some ways personified in Paul, Saul, mm-hmm. uh, when he literally sees the light. Yeah. And so we're just going to leave it with, I saw the light. I like it. Yeah. Of course you did. You thought of it. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. So we begin with Saul, mm-hmm. who is still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord.
1: Quick moment. Okay. In the Bible, there are times when people's names change. Yes. Because of divine, this is now your name. Right. That's not Paul's case. Hmm. He's just Saul, and then all of a sudden he's Paul. Sometimes he's Saul after he's come to Christ. Um, Here's here's the best explanation I've heard. Okay. Hit me with it. That there is, especially in Antioch, there is this sort of almost mocking of the church, right? That's where they're first called Christians, the little Christs. Mm Mm-hmm uh Saul means the king King right. Saul makes sense and it's an elevation of person mm-hmm. Paul apparently at the time meant little one okay and interesting and uh, okay. and so that he was Saul elevated in the Jewish community mm-hmm. and people decided to just sort of like change the pronunciation just a little bit just to mess with him a little bit hmm. he just, Went with he just owned went it. with it and just said, "Hey, it. you know what? No, that's exactly what this is." Yeah, I don't know if that's true or not. To be fair with you, my he- I don't even know Hebrew or Greek pronunciations. Saulos, Paulos. Yeah, they're not. I mean, they're similar-ish. Sure. Could it be a pun? that he just said, "No, that makes sense to me," mm. because I'm the least. Could be. Could um, be. Um Let's go with it because I like it. it sounds good. <laughs> I want it to be true. So let's pretend that it is. That's how life works, right? (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) More or less. Um, He is an encounter with the risen Christ. Yes. Which makes him... An apostle. An apostle. That's how he can be an apostle even though he wasn't,
1: you know, a disciple back in the Gospels. Right. Um, Which means all those people who now call themselves apostle... Yeah. ...need to talk about their encounter...
0: (laughs) With the risen Christ. The risen Christ. (laughs) 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 Yeah, exactly. Um... And so he is confronted. He is asked, Why are you persecuting me? Jesus reveals himself to him. Um, and he's struck blind. And then this guy, Ananias, has this tough job. Right. It's like, Hey, I need you to go find this guy. And it's like, Wait, wait, wait. I know this guy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, know, I know of whom you speak. Yeah,
0: yeah. And he's not, he's not exactly a friend, um, but he's faithful. And God uses Ananias to heal him. Paul receives the Holy Spirit. And immediately, Paul is proclaiming Christ in the synagogues. Right. And they're getting frustrated because he's proving to them, using the Hebrew scriptures, Mm -hmm. that Jesus is in fact the Christ. Right. And so they try to kill him, of
1: course. Because that's what they do. Yeah.
0: Can't beat him, kill him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, right?
1: He, he kind of makes sense. Do you have an answer for that? Yes. <laughs> Stop him from talking.
0: That's right. That's right. Uh, this is a trend that's going to continue throughout the life of Paul.
1: Yeah. And, uh, and I like it. I, I, this comes not at the very beginning of the where we're at, but mm. later on, they're going to try to do this to have him arrested. Mm-hmm. They realize he's Roman, and they're like, oh, no, we can't. And he's like, no, no, no. You need to come answer for this. He <laughs> just sort of plays into that citizenship a bit. Right? I know. Like, like I this, love it. this is something that you were up to. Yeah. Um, so let's uh, <laughs> give me an answer.
0: Yeah. So so eventually, uh, he travels to Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Um, and is kind of doing the same thing there, is received by the apostles that are there.
1: Right. They hear him out, and they say, "Seal makes, of, seems right to us. Yeah,
0: seal of approval. He starts doing the same thing, ends up being... Forced to flee back to his hometown, mm-hmm. then we kind of transition back to Peter, uh, who heals a recently deceased disciple, right? Named uh, either Dorcas or Tabitha. Tabitha's a lot prettier name than Dorcas,
1: but for all of those Dorcas. who would like to name their children biblical names,
0: Dor- Dorcas is on. Is Dorcas there.
1: is a biblical name. <laughs>
0: It is. Um, The most interesting thing, though, the most interesting scene that Peter's involved in, I think, is his visit to Cornelius' house. Yes. Which is preempted by this vision Mm -hmm. where God is offering him things to eat that are, be unclean under the law. Peter's like, no, 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 I'm not going to touch that. And God says, don't say, don't call what, don't call unclean what I've called clean.
1: Right, and and this is something that has already been done, right? Jesus, mm. in his earthly ministry, declares all foods clean. He does. Peter, present for that, still decides, no, I'm going to follow the law. hmm And Jesus tells him not to
0: mm-hmm.
1: follow the law at that portion. Mm-hmm. He says, this I've given to you. Mm-hmm. He's making a point here, but at the same time, I think that I think it is very interesting for those who would argue. Well, you need to be you need to be a good follower of the law, who it receives Jesus as the ultimate sacrifice, and in that way, you're both Jew and Christian. Right. right? This is what uh, some branches of messianic Judaism do. Mm-hmm. Um. And, and the Hebrew Roots Movement, for sure, yeah. does this. Uh, and They look back to the Old Testament and the things like, this is my covenant to you forever. Mm-hmm. Um, that forever being, I will eternally be faithful to you. But then we see throughout all of the prophets, you were not faithful. You broke the covenant. Mm-hmm. I am giving the covenant to a new people, right. the church. Right. Um. And so what they want to do is they want to say, well, you have to be a good Jew. You have to be uh, a good Jew who then receives Jesus. That's how a person is actually a follower of God and pleases God. To that, I think the greatest two challenges, three challenges, the book of Hebrews, the Mm. book of Galatians, which we'll look at here in just a little bit, Mm. and Peter and this sheet. Yeah. Knit at four corners. Yeah.
0: And so Peter ends up going to Cornelius's house. Mm -hmm. He preaches the gospel to them. Right. They receive that message. They receive the Holy Spirit. And he's like, hey, can anyone withhold water for baptism from these people?
1: Interestingly, they receive the Holy Spirit. And then the question is whether or not water would be withheld. Right. It is not that they are baptized. And then in a greater baptism, they receive the Spirit. Right. Just going <laughs> to leave that, that out there. Just wanted to put that on the table.
0: Peter goes back to give a report to the church. To let them know about the good news. And it's, you know, it's it's relatively well-received. I think people are excited. People mm-hmm. are
1: skeptical at first. They are. It, it almost, when, when Peter comes in to talk about what happened at Cornelius' house amongst the Christians in Jerusalem, it's almost as if he's apologetic. Yeah. I, <laughs> I didn't see this coming either. I'm just telling you what happened. Right. Right. Yeah. So do with it what you will.
0: Yeah. There. What's what upsets them is that he ate with them. Right. That's the big. That's the problem. Right. Y- you you
1: went in their house and you ate with them. How could you, Peter? And on the way, <laughs> on the way there, before I even got there, I had a pulled pork sandwich <laughs> because God declared it clean. Right. <laughs> so.
0: Um, then we kind of get this discussion about the church in Antioch, which you already mentioned was the first place where the disciples were referred to as Christians, mm-hmm. uh, little Christ. It was uh, initially a derogatory term, but again, the Christians Reasonably just, so, yeah. just own it. They're just sure. like, yeah, right? And like through church history, there's been derogatory terms that have been placed on people. Anabaptist. Yeah. Or fundamentalist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wear that badge. Sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, it might not mean what everyone thinks it means, but who cares? (laughs) That word, you keep using that word. (laughs) I don't think it means what you think it means. Um, Yeah, and so we hear about Barnabas, and he goes and fetches Saul, brings him back to Antioch. They're teaching. The church is being blessed. Um,
1: There are questions about the law? There are. The Jerusalem Council, they ask the question, we have all these Gentile Christians— Mm-hmm. That are now coming in and they're not doing things that we've always okay. So the the church is like five years old at this point, mm-hmm. but we never did it that way before. Right. <laughs> this is this is the church coming to the Jerusalem Council and saying we've never done it like this before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's been a part of the church ethos for a very long time, um, and and the the council there says, listen, they don't have to follow the law. This. There's nothing, there's nothing in the teachings of Christ that recommend a person needs to follow the law. It has been fulfilled in Christ. Yet, it would be good if you did a couple of things just to keep peace amongst the church. Yeah. And I think that's something that we still deal with, right? We're going to see in Romans conversations about, hey, you know what? Don't cause people to stumble. Right. And if what you're doing causes people to stumble, you're better to stay away from it. Yeah, And that's the argument that they receive here. He's not saying this portion of the law still matters. Mm-hmm. He's saying these kinds of things are going to cause people to stumble. Don't cause people to stumble. Mm-hmm. Seek peace within the church. At the same time, that is not license for people to say, oh, you're causing me to stumble, so change everything that you're doing to the way that I want you to do it. Right. Um, keep in mind, if you choose to wield that sword— Paul calls that person the weaker brother. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: People getting in a twist over things. Right.
1: So legalism doesn't make us the more holy; it makes us the weaker.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So uh, he's saying, for their sake.
0: Yeah. Uh, we kind of skipped over Paul and Barnabas's first missionary mission. Do you want to talk about that briefly? Just a couple things through through that. Short-term mission trip. Short-term mission trip. Yeah, <laughs> essentially. Um, I mean, they have. There's a number. I mean, everywhere they go, there's some interesting things. Right. That are that are going on. Um, they meet with a guy named uh, Bar Jesus, mm-hmm. who's a false prophet right. and an advisor to the governor in Cyprus. Paul strikes him blind. He does. Um, <laughs> excuse me. Um, you know, he, they go to the other Antioch. Mm -hmm. And Paul's preaching sermons. And it's interesting because they preach, Paul and Barnabas preach, and many of the Jews are convinced. And then they're invited to come back again next week. Right. And the whole city shows up. And now suddenly it's a problem. Right. Right. It's like, whoa,
1: whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) Um,
0: If you want to be crazy
1: in your corner, that's fine. Yeah. But this has now become a thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and they kind of there's a bit of a showdown where they're like where they they use Paul and Barnabas use the Old Testament to prove that it is appropriate for them to be revealing this message to the Gentiles, right? Which you know is just not well received. Um. Yeah. There and then one interesting thing we do got to notice during because it comes back is early on in this in this journey they brought along a guy named John slash Mark or you call him mm-hmm. John Mark or whatever. And he leaves partway through. Right. Young guy. He's like, ah, I'm with you. And then partway through, he kind of bails and goes home. Right.
1: And creates a breakup.
0: Well, that's the thing, right? Because when Paul and Barnabas are gearing up for their next missions trip, they have a sharp dispute. Right. An argument over whether or not they're going to bring him along. Paul's yeah. like, no, he, he bailed on us last time. We're not going to bring him. Strike one, you're out. Yeah, right? Paul, Paul ain't messing around. Um, so Barnabas takes John Mark. Paul picks up Silas, and then later Timothy, mm-hmm. and they start doing their thing. Um, yeah. And essentially, I mean—
1: And John Mark is no insignificant figure in Scripture. No. No. He goes on to do some big things.
0: Right. Like, right— a gospel, <laughs> right?
1: Yeah. The gospel of Mark is John Mark's recording of Peter's, right?
0: Yeah. Um, I guess we'll just we'll, let's stick, let's stay in Acts then, and just kind of sure. wrap wrap that up before we get into the the epistles here. Um, Paul has his vision and a call to go to Macedonia, mm-hmm. and he comes to the city of Philippi. Uh, Philippi being named after Alexander the Great's father Philip. Uh, we're talking like northern Greece. This is kind of out of the way. This is a this is a long ways from home for Paul to be traveling. Um, and we get a series of conversions mm-hmm. that happen. The first one is Lydia. Right. Who is a wealthy merchant woman. Right. Um, then there's this demon-possessed slave girl who's following them around, announcing that they're prophets of the Most High God. And it says that mm-hmm. Paul gets annoyed. <laughs> He's just like enough turns around and just like cast the demon out of I her. know
1: how, I know how to make this go away we'll just heal her
0: Yeah exactly
1: but people aren't happy about that No because it cut into the budget line Yeah Yeah
0: Yeah so they throw them in jail Mhm Um and you know Paul and Silas are singing away in jail as you would As you as one would in jail mm-hmm. I mean what else right. you got to do right Um and they're freed by an earthquake Yes All the doors fly open and then suddenly the Philippian jailer comes to them and he's freaking out because the consequences for losing a prisoner is death. Yeah.
1: As we talked about last week. Yeah. Right. This is serious. Romans weren't playing games with losing prisoners. No,
0: not at all. Um, But they end up preaching to him and his whole family and they're all converted. Right. And so it was interesting. um, So. Matt Chandler does a series on the Book of Philippi, and he makes a lot out of this. Um, He kind of goes on and on about it. But I think it's worth noting. The interesting thing about the three converts we see, we we get a picture of the breadth of the socioeconomic situations Mm -hmm. where converts to Christianity are coming from. Right, You've got a, a wealthy merchant, you've got a slave girl, and you've got a soldier. Right. All three very different walks of life, very different situations, mm-hmm. all coming to faith um, through the gospel, which is really, really cool. Let's talk about James.
1: James. The brother of Jesus?
0: Yeah, because the other James is already dead by now. Right. John's brother James is dead.
1: He was the first martyr. Yeah. No, Stephen was. Oh, the first martyr of the apostles. Yes. Okay, Sorry. yeah, sure. I'm with you. Uh, but he doesn't take time to call himself... The brother of Jesus? No, he does not. He calls himself the servant of Christ, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which is a big deal for any sibling group. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that is that in and of itself is the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, at work. Yeah, totally, mm-hmm. totally.
0: Yeah, the the Book of James is really cool. It's it's extremely practical.
1: It it is. It is the shortest live your faith sort of systematic theology mm. that you that there is. Yeah. Um the if you were going to throw an umbrella statement over James putting you on the spot. Okay. Because you've taught it extensively. Sure. How would you throw an umbrella over the book of James?
0: Live authentically. Mm. I think.
1: Yeah. I think is good. So something like be doers of the word not hearers only. Yeah. I flipped that in a sermon not long ago and said be hearers of the word not doers. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, b- both are true. <laughs> you got to hear it. You got to continue to hear it if you're going to do it r- properly. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah. And so there's there's all of this talk in here about what it means to have action mm-hmm. and faith. Mm-hmm. A lot of people find these, this to be like this really bizarre contradiction of things. Right. Um. It is... It's not bizarre. It's not contradictory. It doesn't even need to be explained away. To me, it, it really only makes sense. Basically, what he's saying is this. If you're an apple tree, prove it mm-hmm. by making apples. Yeah, Apples hanging from a tree do not make it an apple tree. Mm-hmm. The apples hang from a tree because it's an apple tree. Yeah. If you go and you tie strings around the stems of your apples and put them on your tree out front, it doesn't make it an apple tree. Yeah. It makes it a tree with apples. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, essentially he's like, I mean, even early on, right. When he's talking about not showing uh partiality, right. Mm-hmm. Partiality proves that you do not love your neighbor as yourself is right. essentially what he's saying. Right. He's like one of the foundational teachings of Christ. And if you're showing partiality to the rich over the poor, you're not doing that. Yeah. So, so like the, here's the practical application folks. Like, if if you if you claim this, then then do it right. Yeah. I think what people really stumble over is the the whole faith that works is dead, right? right?
1: The, yeah, and, and I've I've heard people make an argument in their own favor, trying to say it doesn't say that I don't have faith. <laughs> it says that my faith is dead, <laughs> as if that's a better thing. <laughs> and in the moment, I just said. I think having no cat is better than having a dead cat, because mm. that just stinks. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then I thought, like, I got to think that through. Maybe that's not a good analogy. No, I like it. It works. But
0: I'm with you. The 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 verse. I think one of the verses that we we have to address, we have to unpack, is uh verse 24 in James chapter two. Okay. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. We are going to read Paul say almost the opposite thing mm-hmm. in Galatians. How do we reconcile that? I did a deep dive, and I'm going to try to help our listeners wrap their minds around All it. Right. Okay?
1: The problem with doing a deep dive is you have to be able to swim back to the top.
0: Okay. I'm not—we're I'm not, going, going to take a peek under the water. We're going to have our, like, little snorkels on. We're not going to go— right. We don't got scuba, scuba gear here. Okay. So, essentially— what James is talking about when he talks about someone justifying their faith with works right being justified by those works is justification amongst the body mm-hmm. before man right we as believers as people who constitute the church of Christ need to be discerning right and so as we are as we are looking around and seeing our brothers and sisters like we justify our faith, the authenticity of our faith, through our works to one another. Right. Right. But we are not justified before God by our works. Mm-hmm. That's through faith alone. And that's what Paul is going to be talking about in Galatians and in several other places. Um, but that's, the that's, I think, the, the distinction we need to make is the yeah. context. James is talking about you're, you prove yourself to your brothers and sisters by your works.
1: Yeah, and I would say not only those outside, but also to yourself. Sure. Right? So when we talk about things like, oh, well, it, it, people like to use this saying as a comfort for themselves. And I think it's not a comfort. I think it's the opposite of comfort. Mm. Well, God knows my heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> and that that means that he might know you better than you do. Yeah. Because when we say, I'm not going to do good works in accordance with my faith. hmm
0: but God knows my heart.
1: But God knows my heart. Yeah. What he knows is that you aren't living in faith yeah. in such a way as to say, I've died to myself. This life I lose so that I might live. Mm-hmm. Um, But instead you're saying, I want to preserve myself. I want to live my life now and therefore I will lose it. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, so we also are, are justifying our faith internally Mm -hmm. that when we do these, these works, so many times people come to me and they, they say that they're struggling with their own faith. I think one of the reasons that we struggle with our own faith is because we know deep down that we're not doing things by faith. Yeah. We're not living in faith. Mm -hmm. Um, and and one way to have a greater assurance is to live by faith Yeah. so that you say, no, I, I see the fruit of myself putting self aside mm-hmm. for the sake of the gospel.
0: Yeah. Sometimes, like this might sound strange or might sound harsh, but um, sometimes when giving counsel to people who are struggling with assurance, I mean, sometimes you go to you go to the scriptures that say, like, you know, God's not going to lose any one of his children, right? And sometimes that is the appropriate response. Sometimes the appropriate response is to call them to obedience. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's a call to service. It's like, well, that's going to make you feel better about where you're at right. when you're walking as the new creation that God has made you to be. Right. In um, the
1: same way that physical exercise is good for the mental yeah. part of our body. Yeah. Right. The physical exercise of faith is good for our Spiritual mm. emotion. Yeah. Emotional self.
0: Yeah, and so he continues with these practical things, taming the tongue.
1: Yeah, let's skip that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's a tough one. Um Distinctions between heavenly and worldly wisdom. The, the threat of worldly passions. One verse that I think is, I don't really have a life verse, but one verse that just sticks in my mind is God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Um
1: Yeah. And in this, I would also say, friendship with the world's enmity with God mm. is another one-liner that yeah. is big, mm-hmm. because we always want to be like, well, what if I could just have the world be cool with me, <laughs> and be a Christian at the same time? Yeah. And he says that's not always possible. Yeah. Uh, two things that I want to point out in James that I think we have to just just do quick mention of mm. uh, in the list of things you started at the beginning with the uh, putting. People first that are going to serve you, Mm -hmm. right? The wealthy, sure, that sort of thing. Uh, I would also say before that, he teaches us not to pray away our trials, yeah, but to see them as blessings that grow us in our faith, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, No pain, no gain, kind of a, a statement here by James, yeah. We don't do that. We don't say, people don't come to me and say very often, Pastor, this is the really rough time that I'm going through. Pray that I will grow nearer to Christ through it. Mm. They say, pray that it'll stop. I just want it to stop. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something that we have to flip entirely. And I think it's so wrong that if if someone came and they said, to a friend and said, "Hey, I've been really struggling." And that friend said, "Hey, have you thought about taking it to the pastor and and having him pray with you?" And they said, "Yeah, he told me to uh to see it as an opportunity to grow." There would be offense. I don't think we would look at it and say, "Well, that's tough, but it's biblical counsel," we'd say. What? <laughs> right? Uh and so I I think that that's a real shift that we have to make to learn how to say, I'm not praying away my trials. I'm praying through my trial that I would grow near to him. Yeah. The other thing is there's an analogy where he talks about going and looking at the mirror and walking away and forgetting what you look like. It mm-hmm. causes a lot of people to stop and go, I, I don't get that. Um, basically, if you look at a mirror, you're trying to gain truth about yourself. Right. And if you walk away and ignore whatever you learned, you've wasted your time. Right. So if you were to uh, wake up in the morning and look in the mirror and realize that your hair is a mess or for me, your beards all cocked out to the side or whatever, Mm -hmm. and just said, I look at myself and it's not good. It's in the same way we look at the word of God for truth about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And if we walk away and say, you know what, it's going to be a lot of work to deal with that. I'm just going to think that things are golden and I'm gonna walk out you're gonna walk out looking amiss yeah because you still look amiss whether you believe it or not right um, so that's what that is all about
0: yeah one of the cool things just before we get into galatians here towards the very end um, James talks about boasting of tomorrow and mm-hmm. the danger of that and uh, i I, I kind of learned a cool lesson from this i I, I meet with a gentleman from our church on Friday mornings and and we'd correspond through email just to confirm time and date for our meeting. And he'd always put DV at the end of his emails. And this was a few years ago, but I didn't know what that meant (laughs) and I was too embarrassed to ask him. So I had to Google it and I realized that DV stands for Dia Valente, which just means Lord willing.
1: Yeah. Puritans love to sign off that way. Oh, I know. And you know what
0: though? I think it's great. I think it's great. Um, Mm You know, we're, sometimes we're only making plans for like the next day. But just understanding that God is sovereign, plans might change. He might insert something into the situation um, that will change that. And the most important thing is not the plans that we're making. The most important thing is that the the will of God yeah. comes to pass.
1: And, and that becomes a sort of book ending of James, right? That it opens with trials and temptations mm-hmm. and it ends with, God is in control, come what may.
0: Yeah, that's great. Uh, if we get into Galatians, which might be the spiciest of Paul's epistles.
1: Yeah, <laughs> maybe 1 Corinthians. That Yeah, that one too, yeah. But, okay. uh, but Galatians, I mean, he even gets into it with Peter. <laughs> he does, he calls Peter out.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, first, Paul just establishes his own authority, Mm -hmm. As an apostle to be writing these things and to be correcting these things. And he's going to tell them some hard things because people are distorting the gospel. Right. Right. Um, And this gospel, the gospel is not a thing of man that can be tweaked and tuned and changed and disregarded. Reframed. Yeah. This is something from God. Right. So don't touch it. Don't mess with
1: it. Even going so far as to say, if I were to at some point come back to you with something different, mm-hmm. if an angel from God came to you with something different. Don't listen. Disregard it.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Paul talks about this whole, you know, uh, argument that he got in with Peter over the whole eating with Gentiles. Peter caved for a while to the he pressure. Did. Which is like, so not Peter. No, it's not.
1: I'm disappointed in Peter. You know what? I'm sure that affects him.
0: <laughs> not anymore, does it? <laughs> he doesn't care now. Um I,
1: he I did not live to Marshall's standards. That's yeah, what Peter's right. thinking. That's
0: right. Oh boy. Okay, let's move on. Um he he okay, so he tries to explain because what what's happening is that the the Jewish converts are heaping the law upon Gentile converts and they're also kind of Dealing with almost like a kind of weird syncretism between old right. and new covenant,
1: yeah. And this is this is what we're going to call here the Judaizers. Okay, they're trying to make Christians do the Jewish thing first, right? Right. So, so what it seems to me is that the nations are being blessed by the seed of Abraham, mm-hmm. as was intended. Christ's atonement is for the nations. These people are being brought in. But instead of being, hey, brother, happy to see you, glad to see the kingdom of God growing, they're thinking, that guy just got here. Why are we getting paid the same? Hmm. And uh, and so what they're trying to do is they're trying to say, no, this is how things go here. And you need to, you need the whole history not only understood from the Old Testament, but also lived and practiced and recognized. This is what was happening in Antioch that the apostles, that the, the council took care of. Uh, it is happening here in Galatians. Mm-hmm. In Hebrews, we're going to see a, people reverting back to Judaism for these same reasons. Mm-hmm. And it happens today. Sure. This is not a heresy that is gone. We, we already mentioned that there are forms of Messianic Judaism that are more Judaism than they are Messianic. Yeah. It, it's not just like, in, in some cases, it is not to say, oh, well, my heritage ethnically is Jewish, mm-hmm. but I'm a Christian. Right. It's more than that. I, I have a friend who had a guest speaker come. I, I'm not going to mention the organization uh, because I don't know if it's universally true of the organization. He had a guest speaker come. They had two services. Uh, and in the first service, this guy stands up, and, and he's talking about you know their brand of Messianic Judaism, and he explains the gospel brilliantly. And then he says, 15 minutes into a sermon, this is why Christ came for the Gentiles. But for us Jews my friend got up from his first pew, put his arm around the guy on the stage and said, brother, thanks for coming. You're finished. Yeah, that's enough. (laughs) And kicked him off the stage. Good. Mid sermon. Good. Had to finish the sermon and then preach the next service. Uh, Preaching Galatians. (laughs) (laughs) Because, because this thing still happens. And so, and so like, last sunday november 1st uh, i i talked about the old and the new right uh Mm -hmm. the cloth it so if you haven't heard that sermon if you're part of our church or or whatever you can see kind of where i stand on this need for separation between the old and new we learn Mm -hmm. from the old it is Mm -hmm. the scripture of god revealing himself to us Mm -hmm. Uh, but our practice the way we live is new covenant yeah and calls for us to go back into Judaism or to practice Judaism are done away with throughout the Old Testament, or the New Testament, mm-hmm. right? And that is a huge part of what's going on here in Galatians. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because Paul tries to explain to them that you know being under the law, because the reality is this, if you are under the law, you place yourself under the law, and you do not completely obey it, you are cursed. Right. Right? Right. Anathema. The whole point of Christ coming is that he became a curse for us so that right. we no longer have to bear that burden anymore. doesn't mean that, that the things that God revealed to us in the law are of no value, but we're just not under that in the same way that the Jewish people were.
1: Right, and to practice it is to put yourself under mm-hmm. it. It's to say, although Christ fulfilled the law on my behalf, I'm going to give it a burn. Mm-hmm. See what happens, <laughs> right? <laughs> it it just doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. And it can be, it can be ultimately devastating in that it causes us not to live by faith, mm-hmm. but by our works. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because that's, then that's essentially what he says, right? That, that the people who are leading them into legalism are leading them away from Christ. And he says, I wish that those who unsettle you would emasculate themselves. Right. <laughs> That's the right. spiciness of Paul. It He's is. He's like, oh, they want you to uh, be circumcised. They might as well just go one step further. Um, he is not happy with this. I mean, we like it's sometimes difficult to read emotion through ancient text, but. Paul is not impressed by this. He is, and he is, he is. I, I think, angry and, and righteously
1: so. Yeah, and, and, and to be honest with you, this is a particular touch point with me. I know a lot of people are going to be like, I've never heard of the Hebrew Roots movement. It's not really that big of a deal. I have had a number of friends dragged away from the church over this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a large number, four or five, mm-hmm. but that's more than enough. Yeah. Uh, oh, so yeah. this this is a, a real touch point for me. Um, it, generally, generally in talking to them, I'm like, well, what do you do with Romans? What do you do with Galatians? What do you do with Hebrews? And their response is always, the Bible's quite clear. Paul's a little confusing sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Paul's a little confusing because you don't know what to do with it because it doesn't fit your <laughs> mind. Um, yeah. Yeah,
0: I mean, he kind of concludes with this distinction between flesh and spirit. Mm-hmm. Right. The things of the flesh, the works of the flesh versus the fruits of the spirit. This isn't so much something that you do in and of yourself in an attempt to meet this legal standard. This is something that grows from within just as the fruit grows from the tree. Right. right? So so Paul is not contradicting what James has told us already. Right. We, we don't have to get put tied in knots over. Well, do the works matter or don't they matter? It's it's what is the basis of our faith versus what is the fruit right Mm -hmm. and and so if you put if you put a requirement that people have to jump through hoops in order to enter in that's a problem right that's anti-gospel
1: yeah and i would i would say it like this uh just as an example Lindsay was looking at the gospel project children's uh curriculum and there were she was surprised to find a lot of people vary against it, hmm. because it has a reform bent to it,, okay. a Calvinistic bent to it. And some of the people who were criticizing it were saying, this idea of by faith alone is going to make a number of children miss heaven because because it is, n- it is not enough to tell people, that we, we are saved by faith, hmm. and our works are a celebration of what Christ has done in me. Hmm. You try to change your child's behavior with that. Good luck. So this is where that critic misses the entire point, to the point that I would go so far as to say to them in a one-on-one conversation, do you believe? Right. Right. Yeah. To the point that I would say it's an it's an anti-Christian statement. Uh not to say that that person is not a Christian, but what they are saying is not truth. Mm-hmm. Uh and, and the reason is this. If at any point you look at Christianity as moral reformation, right. Then you've missed the boat. Yeah. Um if you look at it as behavioral modification, you've missed the boat. That is not what we're here for. Yeah. And so, if your idea of good works and faith mean I've got to do things to keep God happy, then you're coming at this from the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Right? That is behavior modification, that is moralism. Yeah. And so if if your understanding of good works and faith in conjunction with how it is that we are justifying proving all of these kinds of things, what comes first, chicken and the egg kind of a thing. If, if you're confused by that, just ask yourself the question, do I look to my good works to say, I'm doing enough, I think, to keep God happy? Hmm. That's the wrong way about it. That's what Paul's speaking against. That's what James is speaking against. Mm-hmm. If you come at it and you say, I have been saved by grace, and I want to worship God I want to celebrate what he's done for me in action. That's what we're called to. Yeah. If you look at it and you say, that doesn't make sense to me, that's not enough. You might not understand the gospel as you should. Yeah.
0: The gospel is not about making bad people good or good people better, as some people err into. It's about making dead people alive. Right. And, the works and the obedience that we do is only possible because we've been made alive in Christ and he can redeem those things that we do. Um, Yeah. So if you're wrestling with that, reach out to us. We'd love to have a conversation.
1: Mm -hmm. Highlights.
0: Highlights for me. I'm going to go back to the first missionary journey, Paul and Barnabas in Lystra and they heal a crippled man Mm -hmm. and everyone's freaking out. They're so excited. They're like, it is Zeus and Hermes among us, right? They, they they assume that these two men are the Greek gods incarnate, mm-hmm. and and in fact the the high priest is like bringing down like a bull to be sacrificed for them. Which right. I just like trying to picture that, and Paul and Barnabas are just beside themselves. They tear their robes and they try. They're like, why are you why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. Like, don't you understand? Like. God allowed you to persist in these delusions, but the time for that is over, right? The time is now to to turn to your creator. Um, and, and it says that even with these words, they scarcely restrain the people from offering sacrifices right. to them. And just the picture of it, I find kind of humorous and, and probably very frustrating for Paul and Barnabas. Yeah,
1: I, I'm going to go. I'm going to go there too. Maybe, maybe this isn't necessarily a highlight, but a touch point that I think needs to be to be talked on again. So maybe I'm not playing by the rules. Sure. Uh, but there are a lot of miracles that take place at the hands of the apostles. That's true. And this is where a lot of people are going to come at, and they're going to be like, "Oh, look, the cessationist just breezed over all of that as if it wasn't there, right?" <laughs> uh, so I don't think we can do that. I don't think that's justifiable. Mm-hmm. I, I think what we need to do is we need to to step up to it and say, "Well." How does this fit inside of what I would consider myself to be a cessationist? Mm. But I want to determine what that means, right? Um, It it means things have ceased, that those kinds of miracles were given to the apostles by the Holy Spirit. I think that's what Mark 9's ending is about, not about all the church to come, but about these particular apostles that he is speaking to in that moment. And the, the purpose is this. Jesus uses miracles as signs to his authority. Right. The apostles use them as signs that the authority of Christ continues and did not end at his death. Mm-hmm. And through it, the gospel is spread. And now that we have the gospel spread, we don't have individuals who are doing these kinds of works. Right. Does that mean that we do not have a God doing these kinds of works? No.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: No. The cessation is not to say God can no longer or will no longer or does any longer do miraculous physical healings. Mm. To say that these things have ceased with the apostles is to say that there are no longer individuals. They're no longer empowered, apostles. Yeah. Empowered to do these things. Yes, agreed. That has come to an end. Yeah. Yet, God will, for the sake of the individual, or for the sake of the spread of the gospel, mm-hmm. as he chooses, mm-hmm. very much heal in mm-hmm. accordance with the prayers of the church, the prayers mm-hmm. of the people, or not. Yeah. Um. And if, so I, I just don't want us to be guilty of, of breezing over something as if it was not there. I will say this. The scripture doesn't put as much emphasis on it as we might think that it it does. Mm -hmm. In the story, it's it's there in Acts and in Luke's historical account. Never in the epistles is there a big deal made about the capacity to heal. Only in the historical account, Mm -hmm. right? These are the things that took place. But Mm -hmm. the heart behind what you need to know doesn't at all deal with physical healing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, if you come across people calling themselves apostles or saying they have a special anointing to perform miracles— Run. It's suspect.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening. This podcast is a resource of Memorial Baptist Church in Stratford, Ontario, in cooperation with the Gospel Coalition of Candidates, produced by Alex Walker. Good day. Bye-bye. I tried to make up for a little bit of time. We went long again. I know. (laughs) Read the outro fast. Every time. (laughs) And then ramble about it so that people stay around for just a couple more minutes. (laughs) Okay. Actually, goodbye now.